get into it from the mundane to the magnificent. Yes, this is a, okay, to start out, like this book, um, I heard about it a while ago now um, on a, I, down the rabbit hole. I found it um, on a Reddit post that was a podcast that was like an expired subscription of this podcast called Mysterious Universe. And it was like from 2015 or something. And they reviewed this book and um, it was kind of hard to listen to. Figured out how to listen to it, listen to it. And then it's a hard to get book. There's not that many copies of it left. There's either one that costs like $150 or there's the $15 book that we found. But the, the versions were very bizarre and weird. So it's just by this lady named Vera Stanley Adler. Um, the cheaper version of the one we got on Amazon, which we'll link to the bottom. It looks like this anyway it's an awesome book <laughs> it is an awesome book and she's a previous writer like she's an author of of other books so like finding the third eye which i also read um this is much better though this and that was her original one before she had yeah. these experiences okay. yeah yeah um so yeah i guess like to preface it she's 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 dead or she's she died like in the 80s um in her 80s, when she was in her 80s. So this is like, um, this story is about when she was, uh, I guess in her 30s, she was in, um, during World War II, she's English. She had to go to the, her family's um, farm in the countryside to escape like the, you know, the bombing of London and all that. And she had, in 1938, she had written this book about finding the third eye and she had all this academic knowledge about um you know like esoteric spiritual type stuff and she had nothing firsthand and she was just going through like an existential crisis of like what does all this mean or whatever and so she had some mystical experiences and that's what this book is about so yes so we're going to talk about the book and break it into two sections or two video and podcasts um, and we're going to do the first half of the book right now. Just get into it. Definitely pick up yourself a copy, but we'll be referring to it throughout this video. Yes. What happened? How did she get into this? So, she, so you just mentioned a little bit. She was in, uh, it's starting World War II. She had to get out of London. She went to her family's farm in the countryside, and she was pretty much there with an aunt or a relative. Yeah, um, in this cousin named Marion, who's like super muggle boring. Right, right. And like listens to the news and listens to radio shows and, the, and pretty much what's happening with the war. Yeah, and, and whenever she suggests anything, she'll just be like, oh, honey, maybe you should go to church. Or, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, she, she must be a character kind of. And she doesn't really leave her room too much. Um, but anyway, but they live on this four acre piece of property and Vera is in charge of taking care of the property and then she's taken it upon herself to get into the gardening. There was a previous gardener. She had no previous knowledge of gardening and she just kind of got into it. So a lot of the book is about this, about her, her experience with the gardening and taking care of the property. Which um, for me, that's the mundane. So the book's called the Mag Mundane to the Magnificent. So it's like alternating every other chapter. And yeah, when it goes to the mundane, I like a glaze comes over my eyes and I'm like, skip that page. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, I can see why you say that because the, because the magnificent part is so wow. It just, it blows your mind. 
which we'll obviously get into, but like I was thinking about that too, but the whole mundane thing is it's her regular gardening. She had this experience with, with Raphael, this spirit that came to visit her while she was sleeping. And that's the whole magnificent part, which we'll get into. But the mundane part is her doing these everyday chores. She's um, a rabbit named she's Ben. She's got this rabbit, right. And the rabbit comes with her doing these chores. And there's a bombing. She's, she's kind of like right over the line of where um the routes where they would fly over yeah like the bombers would fly they wouldn't so she'd hear bombing all the time and so there was all this like these thoughts in her mind and so as she's doing her regular gardening she's thinking like what is this all about like you know and, and she starts really contemplating everything her experience that she's had and why you know what's the, the, the purpose of life why am i in all this and i feel like that's that's us we experience that every day so that mundane is like that's what we all live with. That's, that's, that's our life. That's our life is like getting our hands in the dirt and just, okay, I have to do this. But she did it joyfully. She did. She enjoyed her gardening a lot. Well, so she, this is, this is interesting because her existential crisis when she's going through all this is like, she had questions, all these questions, like why was there this horrible, horrific war? Why even, uh, why even war? why with even without war was there so much poverty so much illness so much ineptitude why was it such slow automatic thinking why such preoccupation with the mundane ways like surely there were remedies solutions to these urgent troubles why did no one want to think about this so those were like the questions that she was uh, like going through and asking herself and it got to a point where um she's been out in the garden for like it seems like a couple of months she's isolated with her cousin at this point. She's just like, she got to one night. She was like, I am so tired of knowing nothing, nothing real, nothing helpful. I need personal knowledge, not secondhand. That's what, like, that's what is the matter with me. I feel starved. I, I feel uh, filled up with theory, but devoid of fact. And so she starts crying and she starts she goes into her room and she just, she's like crying. Like she's never cried before. Like sobbing like a little kid and just like begging to know more. And then like, she's doing a version of her, a prayer, you know, just praying to the universe, like to show her more. And all of a sudden this dude pops up in her room and she's not scared. Cause like, I guess she asked for it. Right. And it's, but it's a man in her room. And, um, she, she's like, he's, his name's Raphael. And he's like, he introduces himself as Raphael and she's like, okay. And then wh what do you want to know? And she's just like, so he's like, you, so you want to know Verity and Verity is like a name she used from her childhood. And she's like, you know, she stopped crying and she's like, yes. He's like, well, what exactly do you want to know? And then like, she considers it and she's like, well, I want to know those things that most intelligent people do not know. And he's like, which things? Like he wants her to be very specific. And she's like, the world is a mess, isn't it? And she's like, that, um, that must be because of things which uh, people do not know, like radical things, which make them act differently. And he's like, well, why do you want to know these such things? In order to help them, of course. Of course. Yes. He's like, okay, well, why else should I want to know what she wants to know? Some people want to know for personal possession, he's saying. And she's like, without using it to help that, you know, that would be wrong. Like, so I guess that passes the test. Like, that's why he's kind of like, all right, well, she's, she's wanting it for the greater good. You know, she's not just wanting right. it for personal, 
Um, yes, she always goes back to that throughout the whole thing. Like, but how is this helping anybody? How is this? This is great, but how are we? How is this actually? Yeah, what's this going to do going for to humanity? Yeah, to other people. How am I going to help people? So I kept. She kept going back to that, even when she was having the mundane experience. Like, okay, but what am I going to do with this? This is so interesting. All this knowledge, but how am I applying this? What am I doing? And even says you're asking for a great privilege. Do you realize that the truth is dangerous, or that if I told you the whole truth? you are not ready or able to grasp it. You have not even the brain cells, brain which cells. could accept truth like most people have. Therefore I'll translate for you or whatever. So then, so then it, then it, it's like, it gets super interesting. So he comes to her a series of, I think seven times. Mm -hmm. And so this is her first experience with him. And it seems like he comes on the full moon. Yes. Anyway. So he says to her, okay, well, like lesson one is he's like okay lay down we're gonna leave your body are you okay are you comfortable with leaving your body and she's like yeah, yeah i guess so and so she he gives her an out-of-body experience for the first go right he helps he helps her get out and she winds up in her bedroom looking at herself sleeping seemingly unconscious and she's they, she starts having her experience in the etheric world and um and then, and then he asked her if he want if if she want if he wants to, if she wants to go up out outside. And she felt like she was limited by the top of her roof or the ceiling. And but then she realized that actually her aura was already outside of it, and that she could just move through it. And he was like, you could just you know go through it. So he was he was starting to explain to her all the different um, different perceptions and he would change her vision to see things differently yeah so and, and and it's kind of like explained in that there's three three parts to the world or to like there's your the, there's the physical world which is the only thing we can personally see right now um even though he does say that um some humans with like clairaudiences or clair or clairvoyance can see almost like x-ray vision and then yeah. there's the etheric which is kind of i would say like the energy force of the right. universe and then there's the astral which is like the aura like other um other internal workings that go on so those are the three um like those are the three realms or aspects that you can view in or whatever so he basically is taking into her astral body which is the dreamland in a way um but she's not technically dreaming her consciousness stays with him throughout these things or whatever but yeah so um so the first thing he also shows her, she's like looking at her body, like in an x-ray vision, she starts seeing all of like her veins and her internal organs and all that. Then he, then he kind of shows her like how the etheric, how the energy system works. And she's seeing this um, webbing of electricity and she right. starts, she starts seeing that um, there's a thread that connects her body to her astral consciousness and that she, it can extend as far out as it needs to go, and she can, it, it, it sends her information from her physical body to her astral body, and then she can physically be pulled back instantly with the thread to, to the body. And when she's, I thought this was interesting, when she, um, when he takes her, and she's out, like, looking uh, at the countryside, he takes her kind of far up, she sees this part where the electric grid webbing is, like, void, and he's, she's like, what's that? You know, and he's like, oh, that was like a bomb crater. You know what I thought was also interesting is that he also, he also had that thread. So I, I got why yeah. she had that thread, but I wasn't sure. I didn't really. Okay. So that's, that that's the big mystery. That's another big mystery of the book. Cause like 
you sort of assume he's kind of like Father Christmas or some like etheric ghost character, but he also has uh, like, like I, 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 I kind of think not because later on in the book, you realize that there, or he even tells her in this, that like our fate, like, she's like, why are you showing me all this? Like, why me? And he's like, well, our fates are connected. And she's like, okay, well, um, she's like, she knows him from a past life. You find out or from many past lives, but he is the same incarnation as he was like in this past life. That was like, I don't know, a couple hundred years ago. And it seems as though like he did not die. He was able to keep that incarnation somehow. So my, my I'm, I'm kind of thinking he's like a Merlin wizard man or something like he's, I, I think he's, I'm not saying he's immortal, but I'm thinking like this guy's a couple hundred years old and he is like a big Gandalf character. He's like a, a white beard, old, right. Kind of right. like he, he's Dumbledore. Yeah. Somebody that is lovable and kind and like stern at the same time and thoughtful and yeah, all encompassing and, and able to do lots of magic yeah. really yeah but, able to show her scales beyond compare yeah scales up and down so um, yeah that, that's the, essentially this book is about like he takes her to the cosmos and then he takes her inside a cell and she even talks with a cell and she sees it's about as above so below like the scales right. that he shows her are incredible but so um i another observation that i thought was interesting at first was that when she's seeing her etheric body she he's like, I don't like those, um, red, those dark pieces of red. And she's like, what do you, you know, like, like, what do you mean? Why not? And it's like the, the dark. Yeah. Like apparently within your, your, um, etheric body, your energetic body, ideally a perfect human or somebody who's done all their work, like their, their colors of their, of their, like chakra systems and everything become light and like all, all merge together and just become white and they be, they get a halo and they're like, that's like, he said, that's physical. That actually was real. That's like how the saints used to look. That stuff was real. Like people who really integrated themselves, but then other, uh, you know, other colors and emotions are linked. And that, um, like at one point she sees like these dark yellow streaks in her and he's like, that's fear. That's fear. Yeah, and I, I also like the way he, he referenced colors later on, um, and yep. he said colors are actually like the, the, mo the most important, like if you know, if people who know colors pretty much have the key to Yeah, wisdom. he said, he said uh, colors hold a um, great number of secrets and the key to wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so the, yeah, that was interesting, like, I don't know. Well, because um, therapy and all the, and all the chakras and the Wow, it's just intense. You have to read the book. If you haven't read the book, read the book and join the conversation. It's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so then then she comes back to her mundane life after she has her experience. And then just but this second the second time is just the next night he comes to her. And this time he's like, Are you ready for, for some perspective? And she's like, Okay. Right. So he makes her leave her body herself this time instead of him doing it for her. And, Although he does help, she says. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Because yeah. uh, she can't just leave it all the time. Anyway, so um, this time he shows her like the universe. He takes her, he goes macro perspective. So he, yeah, he yeah, takes her. Going out. Uh, she, sees the, she sees the earth. She sees the solar system. And then she goes even past the solar system. And she sees like, I guess what you'd be called like the Milky Way galaxy or whatever. 
And um, I guess if you think of this in terms of 1939, 1940, when she apparently is having these experiences, you know, we haven't done that much. Like there's no Hubble telescope yet. You know, mm -hmm. like there, there, there's limited astronomy stuff that we know. No man has been to space yet. So yeah. you always have to kind of keep that in mind too. Right. Well, I, 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 ha I was thinking as, as I read the book, I, I thought the same thing. But then I thought, well, now that you mentioned that it wasn't published until 1970, 79, um, that makes me confused a little bit. But anyway, doesn't matter. Let's, let's assume you have to, you really have to just take it from a, an open mind perspective. And I like, I like one of the quotes that he said, the seeker of the truth, um, page 49, the seeker of the truth must learn two things. She must, I changed it to she, even though it said he, anyway, she must learn to believe that anything and everything is possible and must never accept that and accept anything as the final truth. So I think that that's true about this book as well. <laughs> you know, yeah. just like take it, take it all. You be the critical thinker of it, but, um, but yeah, well, anyway, if it was at that time, then there wouldn't have, there would only have been limited knowledge about, um, about atoms, about, um, about the astronomy. astronomy. Okay. Yeah. But I was, and also about the quantum field, but that was all just starting. Yeah. So she, um, so, so then, uh, she gets back and then she goes back into her, her mundane life after she goes to the cosmos and she's, um, she's, uh, well, first of all, she just, she's starting to realize that, oh, just like my body has this, this etheric web, so does the earth. So the earth is like a being just like I am. And then, and then the solar system seems to have this etheric web, just like the earth does. She's kind of like starting to put things together like that. Yes. So, um, anyway, she, when she goes back to her mundane life, that boring little chapter is about how an army shows up to stay at their, um, garden area or like their, their, their farm. So like some, some military people are, they're ho hosting them. And a month later, Raphael comes back and he's like, okay, well, you know, like, what, how do you feel now that you've had, you know, you got to see like the macrocosm and she's like, I feel insignificant. I feel like, yeah. you know, like nothing, like, like nothing, like, 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 like my little petty problems don't mean anything because we're right. a cell within a cell of a cell that's within a million cells, you know, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally uh, she's like kind of, yeah, she says she, she feels she like an ambitious aunt. It was like, it depressed her, I think. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, well, well I'm going to give you a view from within. So he's like, you, since your body's asleep, we, we're going to go into like this, so they go into this um, army doctor who's staying in the, like the, the, another room beneath her. So they, he decides Break to shrink down. her. Yeah. And it's like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Like they totally. go like, yeah. they go into the foot of this doctor who's awake and he's like at his desk like doing some work or something. or something yeah yeah and um and it's just it that that's such a cool chapter how it goes down to um the cellular level yeah and he does tell her like remember this is just the physical world i'm not showing you anything else today is just a lesson in the physical right so um 
yeah so anyway so then they get they get into cells and he tr he he interprets what the cells are saying for her so he yeah. asks her if she has any questions to ask any of these she, cells yeah because he and she's like okay well you can talk to a cell and he's like yeah it's its own consciousness it's its own entity and so right. she's like okay well i want to know its ambitions and like where where does it think it's it's places in the scheme of uh, everything and then so uh, and actually let me read to you what the cell says because i thought that was pretty fascinating um yes so Oh, we ourselves always striving for something better. I'm quite an old cell, the parent of many who surround me. I have done my best to imbue my children with the highest ideas and the most worthy and devout habits. My ambition is to leave behind as fine a group as well-trained cells as I can to carry on the work of evolution. I believe, of course, in our divine creator in whom we live and move and have our being. We are all part of the body of this divine being whose mind and life is um, is impossible for our tiny ones to visualize. Um, he depends upon our discipline and well-being for his own well-being and development. If we worship him and obey his demands implicitly, we shall in time become initiated so that we shall eventually share in the wonders of his mind. And she's like, who are they talking about? Like, who is their God? And who Raphael's like, yeah, Raphael's like, we can't ask them that, but it's the doctor. And he's right. like, okay. And then the cell goes on to say, like, you know, um, she's kind of going like, all right, well, you know, like, are you content being a cell? And he's like, oh, we as cells are striving for something better. So there is uh, sometimes jealousy. Our creator sends us all that we need, yet some of us are too greedy or too lazy, and that upsets the balance of our community. And then disease and death appear. We are jealous of our rival communities. The cells of the liver are as foreigners to the cells of the heart, for instance. And although our creator is always trying to impress upon us that we are all one family, it doesn't make much difference. Cell nature doesn't change, you know. We're always, uh, there will always be strife. Sometimes supply and demands are unequal or, or economical disturbances abound. We do not uh, seem to learn the lesson of universal cell brotherhood. Sometimes we blame our creator for our troubles and we feel that he sometimes blames us. The highest ambition of every cell is that after his death, he or she may be reincarnated to the cell community of the brain. Those are what we call the gray races, the most highly civilized of us all. <laughs> Which is, yes. that's an interesting concept. Yeah, I mean, and it just, it goes to show that, that at the cellular level, they believe in reincarnation also. that That is also kind of interesting, okay? And they know that they, they have that ambition of being a brain cell too. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I just like that. Um, you know that that the cell even knows that um, that that distribution isn't equal amongst yes. all other right. cells. You know, and like uh, and that you you can get into that with um, well, actually, we'll get into that a little bit later on where it starts talking about how you know if like if you're an alcoholic, your liver is is taking uh, all the the brunt of the work versus you know whatever um right or if you yeah if you don't eat well and you, you the nutrients aren't being distributed properly right yeah the cells so um but he says like there's a lot to learn here but we're not staying here we got to go further so they have to shrink they even shrink further and further so even so they go within that cell and then they go into the 
even beyond they go into the nucleus of the cell and they shrink and she starts to see that um there's a sun there the, yeah the nucleus has a sun and that there's all these electrons that are spinning around and you adjust her vision even further and like the, the smaller she gets it's, it's it then it's just like holy crap man this is a unit it's a solar system there's an actual sun system. and there's there's like these little planets that are around and they're all spinning around and right. she starts to see like the chakra color system coming out of the sun of that and she's yeah. literally at this point doesn't see the difference between when she was in outer space yeah. or when she's in the middle of the cell. I think she's looking at like the same thing pretty much. She can't even tell the difference. Whew. I know that, that, that is, that's a cool concept. And then <laughs> this is where he's like, and this is what he's like, this is the age old thing of as above, so below. And she's exactly. like, okay, well, but this is like literal. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the nucleus, she gets into this when she wants, she's like, are we going to the nucleus? Um, are we going to the center? Um, and right. when they get down to the atom um and he's like no the sun is the heart of life right. and he's like right it's the same as our sun and it's too powerful um for us to contact at present and yes yeah exactly that that is so interesting like it's too even as our scientists suspect the extent of of the deeper force still locked within the atom it's even more complicated um than like than what we think and then it's like basically that that's off limits to us still we can't go into that we can't we can't go into the sun the sun the sun of the atom and the sun of our solar system were like off limits it's beyond our understanding right now or are on our um limits that we're maybe we're, we're not permitted to understand that part yet or at least she wasn't at that time right, right. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's in a, uh, and I think at that at that point she's just like, well, she's like, that's when she kind of is like, well, well, then like, she notices he's tired when they're in the nucleus, and she's like, oh, dude, like I'm sorry, like, you know, like um, showing me around. <laughs> yeah, thanks for showing. Like, why are you showing me around specifically? And that's where he's like, yes. yeah, well, where our fates are bound. So, but like, but all we'll get into that later. You don't, you don't need to know more than that at this present time. You know. And so, um, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. that's where she does talk about the colors and she's like, well, what, what is up with all this? Cause she's kind of, it's, it sounds like she's seeing chakra colors of yes. these systems, you know? And, um, and she's like, what is, what are all these different colors? Like, cause the, the sun has these, these threads connected to all the other planets and there's and they each each have different designated colors that are you know yes associated and go back to to feed the stream of this of the sun as well and he's like she's like what are this what does this all mean and he's like well you know basically those are that's secrets that you know yeah that are beyond beyond, beyond even we, you know yeah yeah and the, the um oh and the number seven i liked how he said, our, our solar system is based on the number seven. Don't forget that. And he does go back to the number seven right. with the chakras later on and the planets. Uh, so it all- Yeah, like, I it thought all that, that was interesting. That really yeah, was. Like, like sacred geometry or whatever the number seven is about. Um, yeah, and then she asks, am I actually responsible for so, so all these lives inside of me? Because she realizes that there's like lives right. upon lives, the cells and these little things moving by. and. Um, and then he, he answers, my friend, did you not create them? And 
like you, you created all of these things. Like you created this own universe, your body and everything that's within it. So kind of leaves her with that. Um, yeah. And then she's like, um, everything has, uh, how, per how uh, has purpose. Like how did they all know what to do? Oh yeah. And I thought that that was interesting. Actually, let me, I said, let me, let me read that actually on page 75. Your, oh, your observations are wise, my friend. So like, cause it, she says, how do they all know what to do? So far, I have only shown you the outer physical coding of things, the expression and the effects of inner um, causes. One day, you will see the inner causes of yourself. You shall see a world, a host of living beings, workings in all grades of sizes, who have each task um, of, of, of ministering and guiding and teaching physical creatures. Knowledge of them is veiled at this present. But it used to be expressed in folklore and myth. One day, you will learn something of the numerous hosts of cherubs and seraphims and all the company of heavens and the fairies and the un, undines i don't know what that is um gnomes and pixies so that's 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 pretty interesting the prelude the prelude to the next chapter which is starts about that too well he does take her in first she goes back to boring life and boring life. they get a wife for her bunny yeah oh yeah <laughs> and that was cute <laughs> and i like I don't think yeah and yeah i think it was an important point like that the, the bunny you know the rabbit in the in the story because she does refer to them like cats and dogs and even you know my rabbit here is just able bin is bin is just like going through his day and then looks up and looks around and does like a crazy jump and he's having these interactions with right the and like she doesn't right? realize that he's yeah. looking at the fairies until she until yeah. her vision has changed and she's able to see all that. But I, I, I liked a couple of quotes. Um, to be a god, and then I put goddess, one has to first know oneself um, as a god and then behave as one. I thought that that was just like good advice to think like, you know, we all think that we're not creators or like it's out of our control. And then it goes like, goes back to the whole thing of like, you're a creator, we're, we're all creators, we're all gods at some level but we have to act like that and believe it and act like one, whatever that means, I guess, for you. Um, yeah, and then Vera does ask the purpose of all this. She asks, you know, again, the, what's the purpose of all this? She does kind of go back to, well, actually, at, let's go into the fairy thing and then we'll talk about how she really wants to know the purpose. Um, so then, so then- Oh, wait, 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 before we go to the fairy thing? Are you about to go to the fairy? No, yeah, it was. Cool. What were you gonna say before that? This is, then she said, I learned that you know, on our first journey, I learned that I was less than a speck of dust. And today you show me to myself as a God ruling millions and millions of lives. So it's just like, again, you know, as above as below, but it was just, okay. It took, a, it took her out of her, her feeling of like, I'm just a Despair, speck and this yeah. all is nothing, you know, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm to of total unimportance. And then that's why he brought her down to the cellular level or to the subatomic level. And then he then she realized actually how much she was creating. It's pretty cool. Okay, yeah, fairies. He comes again on the full moon, and then like he wants to know, okay, like you know, upon like what, like what, what, well, what did you, you know, you've been to the macro, you've been to the micro, like what do you think, you know? And she's just like, yeah, well, what's running it all? And um, and she and, and it's like okay. life is held from within form and activates through rotation. I thought that was interesting. Yes. Like movement, and yeah, this time and, he and, says and like like a disciplined motion or like a like a special like it was a a, a specific motion. It wasn't right. just like a random motion. Yeah, it is a spiraling um, 
like the way planets move a rotation. And then he he's basically kind of is, is alluding to um, how scientists are trying to smash the atom and how that's like yes. just that's basically destroying Violent. life, which is going to create karma. Right, right. Yeah, I, I thought that that was a good point out, especially during World War II. Yeah, yeah. And, and this time he also, he's like, okay, well, we're going to go back out into the solar system. So um, she leaves her physical body and she goes, and this time she, he, he's like, instead of just seeing the physical, which is kind of what he did the first time, this time she gets to see the astral and the etheric, like, coding of the of the solar system so she's going like okay wait there's the sun and then there's those the seven planets with the, the light she's like okay well whoa, 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 whoa. so are you telling me that the solar system is a being like we live within the solar being which is another like doctor basically and he's like yeah basically i'm telling you it's a mighty being and we we're not permitted to see the whole of it you're not gonna be yeah. able to see what it looks like but um, you can see right. like etherically and astrally what it, what its chakra systems and everything look like. Yes, and we were a, or a solar system within another solar system or with, within other solar systems. Uh-huh. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, all the, way up, all the way up to the doctor god, <laughs> the creator. <laughs> and outward. Wow. And then I, uh, I, I didn't quite understand this, but it was talking about how she's asking like what's the seven what are what are these seven color what is the seven plant like what's the significance of all that and he's just like known of many different names and lands and, and he said you have you heard of the seven spirits before the throne question mark or the seven right. archangels or have you heard of all the company of heaven or have you heard of cherubs and seraphims or uh -huh. the forces of light and the forces of darkness do any of these terms mean anything to you nothing at all question mark she's like yes yes but they mean nothing to me i'm like no i don't know i mean forces of light and dark i guess <laughs> well the archangels were for me but i didn't i never heard of the seven spirits before the throne well but even i mean i know there's archangels i didn't know there were seven of them no i didn't know there were seven of them i guess now i do um, but yeah, is it easier for you to believe that all the universe came into being and then continues to be run like clockwork without any active intelligence at work behind it? Because she said like, um, yeah, but they're not, they're those terms. She said, yeah, I heard of them, but they're not actually real to us. They're, those are things that's like these stories or these mythologies or like things that we believe, but we don't really, they're, they're not really like real to us. They just have to like kind of believe. Yeah. Them. But I mean, and he does make that good point where he's saying to her, he's like, um, well, like you don't control your breath, your breathing, your breathing anyway. Like right. you, don't, you don't control your digestive system. It's working like you, you can yeah. thoughts, but you, that's like what you're in charge of. Like that's what your consciousness is in charge of. Uh, there's entire systems within your universe that are working without you consciously, without you consciously doing anything to do them. And you wouldn't even know how to, if you wanted to, you wouldn't know how to make your cells reproduce and split. Yeah. He said, those are every, there are different organizations. <laughs> I don't even know what to call them. I guess universes or solar systems within yeah. certain areas in which in those, within those systems that, that have that ability to run that those are conscious beings that are running those systems for us to run. It's, amazing it's like say i mean it comes down to everything as consciousness yeah and, yeah and, and i did think this was you know and she's just kind of like well how can something alive 
um, when it seems to have no form, like these seven colored forces or beings seem to be all mixed up now that they're all put together. And he's like, oh, my little one, you are accustomed to think in forms of bodies only in solid forms, but there is little, like, that is very materialistic. When you travel and you dream and you sleep, you slip out of your solid form and you journey into the astral body, which is made of gaseous substance. But some seem quite real to you at the time. And then as regards to the seven colored spirits, their bodies are made of qual uh, qualities and energies. And although they may lose their individuality, they constantly intermingle as they build the ideas that are expressed as the physical world. If you, if you take a large soap bubble and you blow into it seven puffs of smoke of different colors, they would appear to mix completely and lose their individuality. Yet, if you were small enough to enter into that bubble and separate color atoms of smoke, you would see quite distinguishable. And I thought that was a good point. I'm like, it's like your eyes are accustomed to watching the life at work within the form, but be patient. You will see a little better in a while. Yeah. So I, I, I do think it is like, it is all a perspective too on how mm -hmm. we, um, can see be, things or can understand them. So she talks about, uh, then he talks about, um, devas like he goes and he they go for a little bit further into earth and she sees um she sees these i guess you would call them big elementals or what what, what, what do you think of devas are i said they, they kind of remind me of like elemental boss workers or something that work over earth like the oh D yeah -A. yeah it was it was yeah at first i was thinking it was like diva d-i-v-a thinking, oh, okay, this is goddesses. Is that the same interpretation, like a diva? I don't know if it was or wasn't, but yeah, somebody that was like a god over that, or dominion, or or yeah, maybe like a, a manager or some kind of boss. <laughs> That's, it's a manager fairy. It's a giant manager fairy. Um, but uh, yeah, and then he goes into the fairy world, and basically he's like saying that you know, every, even down to every cell has a fairy like that is in charge of it there's tiny tiny fairies all the way yeah. down to well yeah the, the fairies who are in charge of the atoms that is amazing too like everything mm -hmm. there if you everything you've seen was pretty much especially in nature has has been touched by a fairy like pollinization not just you know bees and whatever that mm, insects that do pollinization but like these fairies that are really the ones who are controlling that or that yeah that that dominion and and they were also like the col the colors again came out with like that was like the green they were the fairies were in charge of like the green area although they were able to like you could see like fuchsia or whatever color like the flower was around them but they were like green was their element yeah and then it talks about the sprites which yeah. were like like these sounds like they're like little animal sized fairies that are almost like to help animals learn how to play which is also important yes yes i loved that yeah yeah that was super cute um and then with all the fairy stuff she said she got she just gets frustrated and she's like okay like is what cool is this for this is cool and some stuff that's great and i'm glad i'm glad there's fairies but um how is that i don't want to seem me? ungrateful yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> like i don't want to seem ungrateful but how is all of this like seeing the the cosmos and seeing the cell level and seeing all the fairies that run of it how's that going to help me deal with the fact that we're in world war ii and we have idiots all over the place running the thing yeah like and how, are, how is it going to help me help others really she's she's like you still haven't answered my question like how can how can i help others 
pretty much. Yeah. And then at this point, he's, um, he's kind of like, oh, okay, I'm not frustrated. I'm glad that you still have your focus. That's great. But you do have to learn how the world works before you can, you have to know where you came from to know where you're going, where you're going and how to fix it. So yes, yes. that's, so oh, that's, so that's, that's where, and that's sort of like where we left off and we'll pick up, up in the next, the next point and go yeah. into more. But, um, yeah, I, I also just thought it was, um, such a cool concept of her really realizing that, um, like everything's alive, even within living things is living things. Yes. Yeah, it goes back to everything has a spirit. Every, everything is alive, has consciousness. How could you say that something doesn't have consciousness? Even And then, yeah, if you really want to analyze it, you're like, okay, so I've got this plastic thing. Like, what does that mean, really? But okay, that's another level, maybe. But Or something that's wood that came from a tree that was living, and now you have it in your room like it's a physical object. There are atoms inside of that. There, there's like, what's inside of that? Like, what does that mean well, exactly? And I did find it interesting though that um, she talked about how when at the very beginning when they went by the moon, she's like, uh, the moon is dead and has no energy web. Oh, yeah, because when she was comparing it to the Earth and everything, she there was there was no living energy on it. The moon's a dead thing. I guess it's just a satellite. <laughs> yeah, it's which is fine because I don't trust satellite. the moon anyway, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It just supports our other theories about the moon. Oh, yeah. We'll have to do a whole podcast on the moon one day. <laughs> We will. We will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. that's a good point. Yeah, it's all mind-blowing. And it's, it's just like mind expanding more than anything else. It's mm -hmm. just, it's, 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 it's helpful. Like, like the fact that he changed her vision, you know, because... I felt like, well, yeah, I feel a lot like her. I can relate to Vera. You know, we have these questions. We lay awake at night and we want to see. We, we've heard other people having these experiences, but why not us? And then she has this experience and she's put it in and she's helped us by putting it into this book. But by doing that, we're able to expand our minds through this book or through, I don't know, just being able to like, like she's helped us change our vision a little bit with our it. perspective right for sure i mean yeah. and it's funny because i was talking to my older brother like when i first listened to this podcast a while ago and i was like kind of trying to express to him that the planet is a being the planet is alive and he's like the planet is not alive mickey it's just a planet it's just a rock it's like a i'm like what do you mean what do you mean it's not alive and he's like well what do you mean it is alive and i'm like like it it's it's an ever-changing structure it has an atmosphere it has it's like it's this whole entire system it has like a core that's like got heat that's self-radiating it's got yes, we live off of it it is we, living. Like, yeah it's, it's and he's just like no things live on it but it's just a giant rock it's like the, the planet itself is not a being and i was like what, wow. <laughs> like, what do you mean um but I didn't realize that that was such a far-fetched concept, but I think that is for some people. Like some people can't even get even past the point that our planet is alive. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's good. It, I feel like this, this, I would put this on my book of must, on my list of must read books that oh, yeah. are like, I have, you know, a list of books that have changed my, my, my viewpoint. And this is definitely one of them to the level. It's not like I didn't understand that as above below and it was more conceptualized, but now it was helpful to see, to see like the colors and the systems and really helped me to, 
to think inside of each little thing and your connection to it and that there's just the interconnectedness and the vastness and the the whole um you know what is it called eternity what it, like heaven has a, the mansion has a million i don't know how i forgot how it goes like rooms, that, or, whatever. rooms yeah. or whatever yeah like I, that's what we're in and th and this isn't even done the book like this this is like the this is like the perspective setup which is really amazing but it gets it gets even better um or when it, and it when it gets into what humans are in relation to earth and all that so that is great i didn't read the second half okay so well you yeah it's it. gonna be cool i wasn't able to so i yeah so i didn't have the whole perspective of the book just doing this part so yeah i'm excited but that's good that. that's good because you know whatever and um yeah and there's stuff in it that you, you you don't have any idea yet because they didn't even talk about it in the mysterious universe podcast so it's cool Oh, great. Great. Yeah. Cause I had, I, I listened to that podcast. Um, but yeah, I liked the way she ended. I thought it was an appropriate place to end too, because we got through right, right through the middle of the book, right through the first half of it. And the yeah, last thing, chapter eight. So we're starting on chapter um, nine next time. Yes. Yeah. Starting on chapter nine. I'm very excited. So join us next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.